Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Well, it's a massive year for field hockey. The calendar is uh, starting to fill up very quickly with the Trans-Tasman Series that gets underway tonight at Auckland's National Hockey Centre that features the, the women's black sticks, uh, with the men to play next month, and they are up against uh, the Hockey Roos, who are a very powerful number three ranked side in the world. So a real challenge for our girls. Uh, joining us uh, in the studio in Auckland, actually, actually are the, the uh, two respective CEOs, uh, Hockey New Zealand CEO Anthony Crummy plus uh, Hockey Australia CEO David Priles. David, if I can uh, address you first of all, uh, must be very, very um, satisfying to actually see a game of hockey with uh, all the organisation and all the uh, all the disorder and disharmony around COVID, etc. So to get the girls out, there will be be great for you. Yeah, good morning, Ian. We were just talking last night. It was uh, it was lovely to to go through customs for the first time since um, <laughs> late twenty nineteen. But um, obviously, it's been a long time since Tokyo. We've gone through a significant amount of change within our program as well as uh, administration wise. So we're looking forward to letting the sticks do the talking. So let, tell us a wee bit about the changes you've, you've implemented. Yeah, so organisation-wide, um, we went through a, a pretty... Uh, well, we went through an independent review last year, which was pretty public. Um, since then, um, and our president joined uh, in December, so a new president, new high-performance director, effectively a new full-time head coach, um, Katrina Powell. I've been in the role now for three and a half months, and we have four new board directors, so... Um, from that aspect, it's been um, it's been pretty big. Well, Anthony, uh, you've been in there. You're a veteran in the job then, as uh, compared to David, because I can recall uh, when you left New Zealand cricket uh, to go across to uh, hockey New Zealand. Tell us about that, um, the, the way you, you've come across from there. The differences between the cricket and the hockey, from your perspective. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Good to see you again, mate. Um, yeah, it's been a fan- uh, fascinating year, really. You know, with, uh, obviously with everyone, you know, navigating COVID. So, um, <clears throat> very much a year of sort of dealing with everything that's right in front of you, and not not a lot much more. So, um, but like David, you know, we've been through a, a lot of change at Hockey New Zealand. Um, new high performance directors, although he's now jumped into the coaching seat for a little while. Um, new whole bunch of new staff, new GM, commercial, um, and uh, you know, a number of other key staff. So that's been great. We've been resetting our organisation, but equally in the um, High performance programs, just great to be playing again. The, the teams have been preparing really well. Um, you know, shame that we had to delay the men, but hey, we're still playing, and that's that's the main thing. So, um, but yeah, it's just been uh, it's been great to be back up and running uh, post Tokyo, to be honest. And hopefully, we can get some consistency and stable content going forward. So, all going well. Uh, the Kookaburras and the men's black sticks will uh, go at it uh, what around Queen's birthday weekend. Is that and, and under what format? Yeah, so the um, the men are playing four games, uh, like women, uh, starting on the 31st of May, 2nd of June, 4th and 5th of June. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, David, 
tell us a wee bit about um, the depth of hockey in Australia, can you? I mean, we have problems at the moment uh, getting participation at school levels in a number of our sport, and then that, of course, transitions into coach teams, et cetera, and clubs, what have you. Uh, how's it, how's, um, because it, you, you look at Australia, it's always been a powerhouse uh, in field hockey. So how, how strong is it now? Yeah, good question. We have obviously eight states. Five of them have increased their participation to, to this time. The, the worrying trend across the whole of Australian sport is Victoria and New South Wales, who were locked down for the majority of the last sort of two years. So uh, there's a lack of confidence. So we've taken a little bit of a decrease in in our participation slash membership across those two major states. As I said, we're not the only sport to have to have had that. We've got about 93,000 members across the country, so it's still quite strong. Um, but we're up against the same challenges as what you are over here, which is, you know, we're, we're, we're all fighting for the, same, for the same participant, if I could say that. And, and there's a significant amount of more competition in female sport in Australia. Um, the Australian Football League or, or Aussie Rules Football now is becoming increasingly popular, basketball, uh, netball, even rugby league in some parts of the country. So uh, competition for participants has actually increased, which means we need to be more innovative uh, and more flexible in the way we are taking our product to market. Anthony, uh, what about from, from your point of view along the same lines? I mean, you're up against rugby, of course, you're up against uh, football, um, various other forms of those two games as well. You've got netball with the women, of course. Basketball is a burgeoning young sport. How are you coping? Yeah, um, look over the probably over the, take a longer term view. Over the last ten years, we've been uh, we've been fortunate enough to have quite a lot of growth, pretty steady growth every year by year. COVID certainly had an impact on that, and we, we've certainly felt the impact impact of that. Um, you know, I think hockey's a uh, great opportunity with hockey is that kids do play lots of sports these days, as we know, as we always have, but there's more and more choice to David's point. You know, that's certainly not unique to Australia, and I think hockey's um, fitting into a nice place where, you know, a lot of our kids are playing hockey, they're playing playing cricket, they're playing rugby, they're playing netball. Um, certainly as a, um, as a leading female team sport, um, you know, we're really... Um, really proud of what what our sport offers there, and we are. You know, I think we're about fifty one percent, forty nine percent split male female, which is probably similar to Australia, which is a really unique position for hockey as a sport. I don't know that there'd be many sports of scale that are sitting right in that middle space. You know, they've either started one way and trying to grow the other, or um, whereas we've sort of always been in there. So that's a real real positive for our sport. Um, but again, I think um, you know, just being prepared that you offer really good experiences and really good um, opportunities for your kids to play and, and you know they'll come and go from your sport but just keep broadening the net to, to David's point to how do you go to market so you're actually always got an option for a kid to play. How professional David is uh, field hockey for men and women in Australia over here uh, we look at um, you know our, our Black Ferns our, our women's rugby side have just been put on contracts prior to the World Cup. Uh, cricketers, uh, quite a few of them are on professional contracts. We know the Australian women's cricket team is amazingly successful, fully professional to a degree. How professional is women's hockey, men's hockey, to, for that matter too, in Australia? Yeah, so we, well, they're fe- effectively semi-professional. We pay them uh, on a weekly basis, but it's more of a per diem, so they're not going to be able to live off that. We've, we've had a cent- I mean, our competitive advantage, I feel, across a lot of sports is that we have a centralised model and we've had since 1984, and that's based in Perth. So um, we effectively have 27 male athletes and 22 female athletes 
in a centralised program. So they get selected at the start of the year in, in the national squad and then they move over to Perth. Now, most of them are either studying or do have a part-time job. So it's not fully professional, but I feel our competitive advantage, you know, especially for participants, is that we do have that centralised program. Uh, so, you know, we try, I mean, what we try and do, and, and this is something that I'm looking at doing, is whether we look, you know, trying to get athletes to do an, an internship with the organisation or if it's a part-time role to really help with their careers. Um, but at the same time, I look at next year, they're on the road for six months of the year. So, you know, it's, mm. it's a busy time. And let's, you know, as you say, six months is a hell of a long time to be on the road um, and just basically living off per diems when you, when you look at your expenses at home while you're away, those sorts of things. Uh, Anthony, are we, are we pretty much in the same boat here? Yeah, we are. We are. And it, it's interesting, you know, you asked me before, what's the difference coming from cricket to, to, to hockey? Well, that's, you know, that's one particularly, right? So athletes, uh, you do, not, not that every professional athlete doesn't do, you know, amazing things to get where they are, but I particularly look at the, our hockey players and, you know, pretty proud of everything they go through to get there and what they put in because, like the Australians, they're semi-professional, you know, it's, and, and that's probably a strong strong term. Um, they're given, you know, something to support them, but most of them are all studying or working. Um, so, you know, but again, that's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, not unique to us in, in hockey in New Zealand. So um, we run, you know, a lot of our athletes are based in Auckland. We we run a run a program largely out of here, though we do have some some athletes that are based regionally, and that's something we're looking at as well, long term, as to what's the best model for for hockey in New Zealand and, and our athletes, and how often are they in uh, in camp versus you know um, maybe staying at home. We've got some that are doing both at the moment. I think on that topic, Ian. Yeah, Prince, Ian yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt. The biggest hook, uh, and, and excuse the pun, um, <laughs> for our sport. And I say our sport, you know, hockey, hockey New Zealand, hockey Australia. And I don't think people, you, you probably don't get a full grasp of it until you work in an Olympic sport. And this is my third Olympic sport, if you classify golf as an Olympic sport, is mm. the, the hook of the Olympics is massive. It, it's, it, you don't really get the full grasp of it, especially, I, I can't talk for you, Anthony, but from an Australian perspective, it is, it is massive. And, and these athletes... You know, we have a terminology is once an Olympian, always an Olympian. That is something that money can't buy. Yeah, I, that's the big difference I've noticed, Dan, from, you know, coming from, from say, cricket into hockey. Hockey's an interesting sport that it lives in both worlds. You know, we've got World Cups, we've got home and away kind of test matches, but equally we're an Olympic sport, Commonwealth game sport. Um, yeah, and it's been fascinating to see, you know, see see what the Olympics means, uh, you know, and from from inside out, you know, what it means to New Zealand, and the same in Australia. That um, the pride when they they represent uh, represent the country in the in the Olympic Committee. It's um, yeah, it's a pretty powerful pull for our sport and something quite unique. Anthony, in terms of funding, we've uh, in this country have always had this policy on performance, uh, previous performance, sort of as the guideline to how you fund it ongoing. Is that still the case with hockey Olympic uh, world championship type performances uh, provides the funding base? Where does it come from? Yeah, high performance sport New Zealand um, are a big supporter of ours. Um, and look, it's high performance sport. So it, ultimately you've got you to produce results. Right? So we can't get away from that. I applaud HBSNZ have gone to a slightly different model where there's you know, a longer term um, certainty of funding. So you've actually got a you might have campaign for example through to Paris so you know what you're dealing with so you've got a chance to really 
uh, really respond. You know, the, the, the trick is if it's too short term, then obviously your decisions become short term, which may not set you up for success long term. So, you know, that's the that's the constant thing you've always got to keep your eye on. But HBSNZ are a big supporter of ours and, and equally, you know, um, so are our commercial partners such as, you know, Vantage, Sentinel Homes, etc., helping us, um, you know, Sentinel Homes sponsoring this this tour now. All of these um, all these partners are critical to the success of the sport. Is, uh, David, is that the situation too um, in Australia? Like, um, you know, so you finish, uh, say you finish second, third, a gold medal, a silver medal position, bronze medal position. Does that have any bearing on the resources you have available going forward to the next cycle? It does. Yeah. It does. Oh, I'll try to be a bit diplomatic <laughs> here, Ian. So we get funded, a major funder, and we appreciate it from the Australian Institute of Sport. Um, we're funded, so there's a different there's a different pool of funds for the men. Um, and a different pool for the women. Um, the men, obviously, were very unlucky not to win a gold medal, lucky to win a silver medal, um, depending on how you look at it. Obviously, we lost in, in extra time penalties, but they kept their funding. Um, our hockey ruse uh, still the most uh, successful Australian female team ever at the Olympic Games, but we haven't won a medal for 20 years, so we got cut, uh, which is fair. Um, but because of the magnitude of the cut, we weren't able to select 27 in the centralised program. If you, if anyone would have heard before, obviously there's 27 male, 22 female. Um, so we've had to make some changes. Uh, 22, as I said, in the centralised squad. Um, rather than two full-time assistant coaches, we have one, and then we bring one in from a, from the state network. Um, same with the, with uh, with the analytic work. So we've had to be a little bit more flexible in the last couple of months, but. Um, you can only deal with the cards you dealt. Well, the other thing, of course, um, Anthony, uh, you, know, you, you do you have to pick bigger squads these days too, which is more costly because you have to, not just for injury, which used to be the old style of thing, injury was the only thing that would rule somebody out. Now, of course, you've got to look at all the other sorts of variables as well. So um, that is costly, bigger squads. And I noticed, what, 22 uh, in each of the squads for t- this four-match series. So uh, bringing that together is not cheap. No, you're right, Ian. And... Um yeah, so we we contract twenty five players on both the men and women, and then we yeah we selected for this this tour um, this tour we've got yes squad of twenty two. So you're right, you do need to have that cover, and it's always always a balance of um, you know how far you can stretch your stretch your pennies. You know we had a we had a small cut ourselves, um, a modest cut from HBSNZ this year, and that'll take us through to Paris. And you know that's just life in life in uh, in sport, just as David's talked about it at, at his end. So. You know, you, you deal with what's in front of you. But, yeah, it's not uh, it's not cheap, but, hey, it's the sport we're in. One of the other things, David, is uh, the other thing about uh, particularly women's sport these days, and men's sport to a, a slightly lesser degree, you certainly don't hear as much about it, and that is it's player welfare. Um, you know, uh, the background and, the, and how um, we look after our athletes or perceive to be, and when I say we, I mean you basically as CEOs, it, it comes under your umbrella. Has that been a, a bigger focus of late for not just Australian hockey but Australian sport? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's been pretty public in Australian sport the last couple of years about um, cultural reviews. Uh, hockey, we were obviously part of one at the start of last year that was that was very public. I know gymnastics has gone through it, swimming's gone through it. Um, football, as in soccer, is actually going currently going through it. So, uh, yes, it is very topical. Um, obviously everyone's looking for a story as well um, there's plenty of journalists looking out there for, for those stories so we take it very seriously um, 
I'm pleased our athlete, our full-time athlete health and wellbeing manager is actually on this trip. It's the first overseas trip he's been on and I think it's really important for me as a CEO whenever our, our national teams do travel, I, I like to be here, not just as a, you know, as a, as a fan, but to also just to ensure that um, there's a level of, um, I suppose, governance off the field. Um, our high performance directors here as well, so we're taking it really seriously. Um, but as a CEO of a, of a national body, we've got to be very, very careful that we are ticking every box and that all our athletes are feeling comfortable. Um, we've actually now employed a, a mindfulness coach. She's uh, she's based in Melbourne, but um, she's over here with the team at the moment. And I was I was fortunate enough I, I sat in a session last night, which was fantastic. So. We're spending a lot more money and resources on this area, yes. Yeah, interesting, Anthony. Uh, of course, hockey, New Zealand Hockey did a review what back in 2019. Are you, you confident from that review that things are pretty much in place in that regard? Yeah, definitely. We've had, yeah, we've had our own own challenges and our own learnings to 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 um, to learn through that process. So, you know what I'd say, it's it's a constant evolution, and you know you're always trying to improve. You're always trying to make things better. Um, and, and how do you just keep making the environment better? And, and I think, you know, historically maybe often these things have been seen as, you know, well-being and, um, you know, athlete voice, et cetera, being sort of mutually exclusive to hard-edge high performance. And I don't agree with that at all. Um, I think athletes that are feeling, you know, safe, comfortable and well-supported are, are clearly going to uh, perform better. You know, I think that's actually what uh, what is equally um you know, equally important that everyone realises that these two things aren't at odds with each other. And I do think as, a, as sports in the past, that may have been kind of where it's come. So, um, you know, look, we've always got work to do, Ian, and we're always looking at it. Uh, we don't quite have as much money as my mate across the table there, so we don't have quite all the uh, all the bells and whistles. But ultimately, it's about making sure you're doing all the right things and giving athletes, you know, their, their chance and their, their, the right voice um, and just continually evolving as you go, and, and that's kind of where we're heading. Starts tonight, uh, four-match series uh, between uh, women, black sticks, and, of course, the hockey ruse. Uh, your squad that you've brought over, uh, David, uh, from uh, what point, that point of view, is this a development squad or is this very much a, a squad from which your serious candidates will emerge for Commonwealth Games World Championships coming up? Uh, how do you picture this squad? Yeah, uh, we are picking a World Cup squad and Com Games squad next week, so... Very much so that the, the players over here will be selected um, based on performance. We have four debutants tonight. So we had, um, after Tokyo, we had five experienced players retire. Um, and it was lovely to see last night, you know, the four new girls getting presented with their, with their hockey roos um, playing tops and, and from, our, from our coach, um, Katrina Powell, who is obviously a legend of the sport. Um, it was pretty emotional last night, which was great. Um, but... Yes, very much. Um, it is a developing squad. I wouldn't. It's not a development squad. It's a developing squad um, with our aim firmly focused on meddling in Paris with this group. Okay. Well, Anthony, we've got to fire it back at you in that regard as well. You've got an, an interim coach. You talked about him, uh, Darren Smith coming in just uh, until the end of the Commonwealth Games as such. Tell us a wee bit about his squad uh, for this four-match series. Yeah, so probably not too similar to uh, to the hockey ruse. We've got a young young squad. I think uh, it's pretty well documented. I think we lost about over a thousand caps in the last uh, since Tokyo, and that's you know pretty natural mm. with the cycle. So um, you know we've got a really young group. You know two new captains, uh, Megan and Olivia, 
um, a lot of young players. We've got five debutants ourselves into this um, into this tour. So, you know, it really is a wide open road for this group to start, you know, writing their own history, really. And, um, you know, we're really excited about where they, where they can go. Clearly young, and but it's all in front of them. And um, I think it's actually, we are just talking about it yesterday, it's 100 years this year since Hockey Australia and Hockey New Zealand played the first test. Um, I think we got the chocolates 5-4 back then. So, uh, um, but yeah, it just shows the long history from our, our, our two countries, which is, yeah, just so cool to be back up and running and, and playing here. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting tonight. Two sides that are both uh, coming out of the first hit out since Tokyo, really. So, mm. yeah. So, Anthony, Anthony, do you sit at, uh, you know, when you look at that and you talk to the likes of Darren Smith or your incoming coach, whoever that might be, do you set a tangible goal at the top of the whiteboard? whiteboard? Does it say gold? Does it say medal? Does it say improvement? What? What do, what do we do from New Zealand's hockey's point of view, our aspirations going forward in the next two or three very crucial months? Yeah, absolutely. So, look, first and foremost, you know, the systems and the process and the way they go about it is really important so that we're actually building for the future. But equally, you know, we, we're, going into, um, we're going into the Com Games and World Cups to, to have a crack. Um, so, yeah, we'll sit down and, and work through exactly what, what that looks like. But Darren was on the, I think it was on record yesterday, saying, you know, medals is absolutely what Com Games is about. It's right in front of us. Mm. Um, and I'm sure David's group are, are, are no different. But we're certainly building to Paris and beyond. Um, you know, we've got to take that long-term view. And, David, um, I would imagine knowing the, uh, the beast that is the Australian sportsman, uh, there's only one colour medal you're interested in. Absolutely, but... I would I would put a caveat on it. Yes, we want success and we want a gold, but not at the detriment of culture. And I think that goes back to your last question. We've got to be cognizant that we're building, a, a, you know, a winning culture, but also a strong internal welfare culture. And so we're pretty clear on that in our KPIs. Is that yes, success, but not at the detriment of culture. Um, and I will say, you know, it's an interesting period now. We're calling it the green and gold runway. We've got ten years. We've got a home Commonwealth Games and a whole home Olympic Games to look forward to. So, you know, we need yeah. to build that runway and that starts with a, that culture of the team that can then last for the next 10 years. Well, gentlemen, it's been a, an absolute pleasure to have you um, make the effort to come into the studio together too, which is quite unique. I'm not sure if you'll be speaking as civilly in the, about five days' time. We'll not we are both Aussies, so we'll put the caveat on that <laughs> yeah. too. Well, uh, yeah, people at home will have noticed that, Anthony, but it's uh, one thing we've tried to knock out of them, David, for over a period of <laughs> Mate, time. I'm, I'm fast approaching uh, having lived longer in New Zealand and Australia, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're one of us, Anthony Crummy, you're one of us, and Thanks, we're very happy to absolutely. have you, whether it be cricket and hockey. And, and David, too, thank you uh, for taking the time to come in and enlighten us a wee bit about hockey in Australia. It's a very professional, it's always a very well-performed sport there, and it's nice to know the reason why. Thanks for your time, gentlemen, and good luck for the uh, the next week and uh, those uh, months of hockey coming up. Thanks, Thank Ian. You. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ian. It is uh, David uh, Pryles there and uh, Anthony Crummy, the respective CEOs of Hockey Australia and Hockey New Zealand. We'll be back very shortly uh, with a stump smithy, some news, uh, and that was, uh, yeah, very interesting to find out the background there. Thank you. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.